0: You are listening to the Senior Agent Podcast. This podcast is for insurance agents that are helping America's seniors with their financial choices. Here is your host,
1: Christopher Westfall. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us again today. My name is Christopher Westfall, and this is...
0: Eugene Marchenko, and I have to remember to stop slouching when I do these
1: videos. Yeah, me too. All right, sitting up straight. So we have video on now and wearing shorts in the office, but nobody can see us today because we're virtual we're not even here and we're gonna put this on our YouTube channel and senior dot com let me adjust this a little bit Facebook yeah why not we'll put it on Facebook YouTube. YouTube the tube and the Facebook LinkedIn we were talking the other day about uh, what is the most important thing when selling from home and there are definitely some differences versus having an appointment out in the field and what were you gonna say about that
0: yeah well actually and the way I think about it um, there's phone sales, there's face-to-face sales or belly-to-belly or whatever, but then there's working from home, which is, I think, different.
1: It is, <laughs> that's true.
0: Because uh, there's a lot of people who are uh, doing over-the-phone sales who actually come into an office every single day. I'm going to adjust this a little bit, too. Um, where they have a routine and uh, where they are um, following some, some kind of schedule. And when you're at home, It's a little bit different. And what got me thinking of this topic, I don't know if you saw this because we follow a lot of the same stuff on Facebook. If you don't follow groups on Facebook, find some groups to follow and learn from them. Yeah, some good ones. And there's things that you can learn from and there's things that you can look at and be like, oh my gosh, why are they doing that? Um, And sometimes we pick up really good ideas. But somebody posted on Facebook that they woke up at 11 and wrote seven applications that that day. day and I'm like, wow you wrote seven applications imagine what you could have done if you woke up at a decent time mm-hmm. um so when you were first starting what was your schedule like
1: i would get to the office right after i took my son to high school which was about 7 seven thirty something like that in the morning and i would get there early and i would think okay how can i get my day ready who i'm going who i'm gonna talk to the quotes ready for those people i was going to present to And then I would make uh, videos or write articles early, early, before I could get anybody on the phone. Because I always figured I would usually work on my website at night when it was too late, and then in the morning work on creative things because I would take my coffee and all that good stuff. (laughs) Jolts of energy. Yeah. And so the creative juices were flowing in the morning. If I had ideas at night the night before, I would just write them down as bullet points so that I did not forget them. And my craziest ideas have always come in the shower, and I still to this day have not solved that issue of getting from out of the shower to jotting that down somewhere. But I've really got to capture those things because really some of the most creative things that I've ever come up with are morning, shower, get there, create something, and then um, that's been the best thing possible. But yeah, if I just you know slid out of bed at 10 or 11 in the morning, I would have lost all of that.
0: My favorite time, creative time, okay is when I'm driving and right after I made a sale. Wow. Uh, you have that, the same thing, that adrenaline is pumping yeah. a little bit, you're excited, you did something, you feel something productive, and you're every single time I've shot a really good video for mm-hmm. Facebook or whatever, uh, whenever I was running ads, it was like right after an appointment and I was passionate and energetic, and I remember the very first time that that happened, I actually called you first, Mm -hmm. and you're like, wait, 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 hang up the phone, put that in the video, and then send me the video, and that was a really good video, I still remember.
1: Yeah, it went pretty viral there.
0: So it was really nice, Um, but the whole idea is that you had a routine that you would... uh, and even though you were driving to your appointments, um, when you first started doing yeah. insurance, and then when you started doing over the phone, your routine didn't change. You had your working hours, you had your prime time mm-hmm. where you were selling, talking to customers. Because really think about it, you wake up at six o'clock, seven o'clock, uh, five o'clock, whatever, you're not gonna be talking to a client right away, right. but your brain is working. Yeah. And the question is, what are your what is your routine? And so when you're working from home, what is your routine? Did your routine change? And if it changed, Um, you're going to hurt yourself in the long run.
1: I've seen a lot of that during the coronavirus thing. uh, People are saying that their production is down. And I have to wonder, is it down because of Netflix? Is it down because (laughs) of binge watching certain things, which is easy to do. Everyone's looking for a distraction from what's going on in the reality of the real world. But there are so many clients now and always, especially in our demographic, that are sitting there waiting for somebody to call them, Mm -hmm. to have a conversation, to offer them something that could help them
0: and here you know we're doing virtual appointments we're trying to do the uh trying to actually see somebody so instead of getting on the phone we're trying to do the zoom thing uh but in a coaching session um i sent this to somebody um and this part of all of this then from that facebook post that i read and it really got me thinking because uh, as i was coaching th- this person i said Uh, The definition of comfortable, and I'm going to read, so uh, the definition of comfortable is, and quote here, the freedom from financial worry, having an adequate, 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 adequate. adequate, In English,
1: it's adequate.
0: Adequate standard of living. And so comfortable means that you're not learning, uh, you're no longer hungry. Um, And we've seen this. I mean, with your experience and my experience with agents over and over again, where they fail is because they become comfortable. They're right. no longer hungry. And so when I was training agents, um, and it seems like I've been doing that for a long time now, uh, even when I first started, it was always trying to figure out a way to motivate somebody. And everybody has that standard of living mm-hmm. that they feel comfortable with. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being comfortable making a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand 400 thousand dollars a year, a month, whatever, but If you're comfortable with that and you stop and you don't grow, then you start waking up at 11, you stop making the bed, you stop showering. When you get ready for a Zoom call, you only put on a nice shirt, you forget the pants. You know, (laughs) I actually, I wore my pants pants today. today. Oh my gosh. And you know what? It's not because I came into the office to do this. It's because my routine in the last three, four weeks has not changed. And if your routine has changed, then you want to get back into the same groove, into the same habits. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I got nothing else on that. It's pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah, and I struggle with that when I'll ask an agent. You know, you, you, they get to a certain level of success and then they just plateau right there. Mm-hmm. They'll just stay there. Um, I know of two guys in particular that I had conversations with over the last year, they were killing it. They are writing tons and tons of applications and, um, and they said, well, I'm, you know, I'm writing consistently, whatever it is, 400, 600 applications a year by myself, and I'm getting a little stressed out. And I'm like, that's what I've talked about. That's when you've got to get help mm-hmm. so that your stress level comes down. Their motivation was okay, but their, their game was they were maxing out what one person can do. And at some point, you have to think, how can I challenge myself? How can I challenge myself? Even talking to an agent last week, just killing it, doing it himself. But my encouragement is, When you've done all you can do, then it's time to start working on your business instead of working in it. You can train somebody there. You can grow to scale because what you do, selling by phone, it works. And what I've enjoyed so much about our team here, and now we've got managers who are helping them, coaching them, keeping them accountable every day, is the fact that we can master the duplication. We can bring on another person. We can set them down next to somebody who's been doing it. And... uh, I'm just really excited about the fact that when an agent leaves their comfort zone and they say, I'm going to invest in an office or I'm going to invest in hiring somebody else, then they're no longer comfortable. They have to sit up straight, do everything right every day, show up at the same time because they've got somebody there. Even if it's a subordinate, a brand new employee, holding them accountable to a schedule, holding them accountable to the fact that I've got to consolidate all this knowledge, and then deliver it consistently to this person to bring them up to speed. And whatever we need to do to step out of what's comfortable, that's what's going to, and just it's human nature. We always have to have another challenge in front of us, otherwise we die. You're either going forward or you're going backward. If you're staying where you are, you're really going to die. And in in this competitive environment today, when more and more agents are now discovering that they have to be on the phone or their business is dying, I think after we come out of the coronavirus thing, it's going to be much more competitive on the phone because mm-hmm. the agents who before resisted because it was still working, we're going in person. It's still working. Now they've discovered that doesn't work at all, mm-hmm. and they're getting better on the phone. They're getting better. So we have to up our game. And how we're going to do that? We're going to improve our ads. We're going to improve our scripts. We're going to improve who we're calling. Um, so we always have to be striving for something. And if you're not doing it yourself, I remember you told a story back in the uh, in the captive shop days of how you would motivate somebody to to have something to strive for because they had to.
0: Buy something.
1: Yeah, buy something with payments. So you've got to pay that thing off. But I've seen it. Yeah, when they hit their certain threshold, their temperature, then their thermostat just mm-hmm. shuts off. And like, I don't have to try anymore. Come on, there's another level. You can achieve that next level. And sometimes they'll say, well, if my house is taken care of, if all of my bills are paid, and I've heard it gosh, thousands of times. I've only got a $3,000 nut to make every month. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I've only got 4,000 and then all my bills are paid. Well, you do need to set a higher standard. And there comes a time when you have to have that standard. is not just you and your house. It's like, where can I start giving back? Oh, I can hire somebody. Oh, now we can have benefits. Oh, now we can have a retirement account. Oh, now we can have prizes. Mm-hmm. Oh, now we can have other things. And if you start giving back more, then your life is better because you're seeing the reaction in other people. If you can send them money when they're hurting, and they're down and out, and they've lost their job, and you can now help them. Um, My mom told me yesterday, she's like, that's so exciting. I wish I could do Oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. Um, Because it is an awesome, awesome feeling to be able to reach out and help somebody where they are, because your needs are met, especially in times of crisis. There's a a bigger calling than just paying your, your minimum Bills, but anyway, I get off on topic.
0: No, and and I get it. And the thing is, there's never such a thing as, in my opinion, as plateauing as a human being. Like you said before, a plateau means that you're you're standing still. You're not moving anywhere. But in sales, in in life, um, what you said before, if you're not improving, if you're not learning, you're going backwards. So there's yeah. n- or you're dead. So there's no. There is no standing still. And so if you're not constantly improving on what you know, then you're actually getting out of practice, out of touch. Yeah. You're, uh, you're then, okay, so don't be on the phone for one month and see what happens. Mm. You're, you're out of touch, so now mm. you went backwards. So there's never a plateau or standing still. There's either moving up or moving backwards. And when you're, when you're doing the same thing and never trying to increase it, really what's happening is yes on the front end you're making business but on the back end you're losing clients and so really you are that's true you're you're never going to get anywhere
1: barely treading water yeah
0: Yeah. and so my favorite schedule when i was training people whenever i was uh even when i first started doing face-to-face appointments i had my time that i spent on the phone i had my time where from my research and what i've learned experiences my favorite schedule uh for me it was nine to one, be on the phone talking to people, take a couple hour break, uh, because in the middle of the day people running errands, people doing stuff, and then go back and do it uh, from 4.30 until 8.30. So that time I would hang out with my family, I'd go to the gym, I'd do whatever. So between one and 4.30, I really didn't do much uh, stuff that was work-related. Mm-hmm. If I had to do paperwork or whatever, I did it in the morning before 9 o'clock. Or if I was doing a video or whatever, it'd be after 8.30. But in the middle of the day, that was my, my family
1: time. In Mexico, they call that a siesta.
0: Yeah, I, My <laughs> siesta was between 1 and 4.30. And it was really good for my mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that w- that's what worked for me.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: And see so that the question is, what works for you? And everybody's different. Uh, What is it that motivates you? What is it that holds you accountable? If you don't have something that holds you accountable, if you get in the dumps, get in a slump, you have a bad attitude, you woke up in some kind of funk, what is it that helps your brain recover? And everybody needs to have something. For me, it's uh, usually some really good music that really helps. Uh, Sometimes um, it's uh, to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I hate going to the gym, but sometimes, well, now you can't. But sometimes uh, I I planted a garden Mm -hmm. (laughs) now. uh, And I'll go out there and I'll literally pick up some leaves or whatever. And it's all stupid stuff, but it's things that help regenerate my mind. And especially nowadays with the whole working from home, um, I'm trying to minimize stupid distractions for my brain to help me focus on work so that yep. way I can build our people, build our agency, uh, motivate them because if I'm not motivated and I'm a leader, how can I motivate, right. motivate them? So. That's true. When you were, so when you were doing appointments, um, when you first started, um, I'm assuming you had some kind of lead that you were working. Uh, how would you get the data for those leads? I think you said before you were doing some mail cards when you first started. Yeah,
1: when I first started, I was doing direct mail, and then that got to be so expensive. Um, I just saw that thing you sent last night. Mm-hmm. That you know, direct mail is still working, but the cost to mail per thousand is so high. And then you've always got the challenge of getting them back on the phone if you're doing a phone sale and everything.
0: Yeah, but what? Uh, what but as far as pulling the data, so you had a demographic of right. some kind, whether it was an area. What What was your thought process behind?
1: That was a that was an interesting development because when I first started I was doing final expense and when you're doing final expense you're looking for under fifty thousand or under twenty five thousand in income. You're looking for the lowest of the low. Then when I got into Medicare, I really had no idea. So I was really looking at the different um age groups and I was in Florida, so Florida was predominantly still is a Medicare Advantage rich state. I didn't want to sell Medicare Advantage because all my friends were selling Medicare Advantage, I mean as a primary focus they were selling medicare advantage mostly during aep during um, october 15th through december 7th so when it came time for getting new clients when everyone could be a potential buyer they were stuck replacing and servicing and trying not to lose all of their people
0: That's going that standing in the same spot oh my gosh yeah. they were
1: just trying to hold on to what they had and they're scrambling for whatever that 8 week whatever time frame is And so I discovered Medicare supplements and that I could sell it over the phone because it potentially could happen. And a conversation with Richard Cantu told me that it actually does happen way back in the day when no one had electronic applications. So I started doing direct mail in Michigan. That started working really well. I was working with Main Street Power Mail at the time. And they told me they were getting a 6% response there. That did work.
0: And so the first choice was basically the the best response. So there wasn't very much thought into... Right. who it was. It was the age and then it was the response.
1: And that's, what I, that's why I got the $16, I'll never forget, non-resident license for Michigan because <laughs> they said, well, the best response is in Michigan. I'm like, I don't have a license there, but let me go find out how to do it before NIPR could do it for you. And got the license and just started doing it over the phone as if they were in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, I'm the licensed agent here in Michigan. You're probably paying too much and all this. Uh, but then I started pulling it and I asked them, hey, what's your what's your demographic for Medicare supplement. I don't want the Medicare Advantage. I don't want the dual special needs Medicare, Medicaid people, and I don't want turning 65. I wanted the people that were like 67 to 72, 74, and they said, well, you got to go higher. You got to go over 25,000, over 20,000, whatever it was. About so the income, the, the, the income mm-hmm. on the demographics of who we were targeting because they had laser focused that in on who responds better to a Medicare supplement mm-hmm. specific mailer. And so when I transitioned into telemarketing and had my telemarketers calling for me, that's what we did. We pulled the same or similar data and started expanding into other states. And then um, the best thing that ever happened to me, and it's off topic, but I had a friend that I met. I don't even remember how I met him. Um, my first employee that I ever had was Rick. and he would screen everybody for me. So the telemarketer would see if they're interested. Rick would see if they're really interested, not ask them, but tell them kind of the health qualifying that would be required to to make a change. And then he would build me up big time in the eyes of the prospect so that when we had our set appointment, then I could come into the office and have a 10 o'clock, a 1045, an 1115, whatever. And I would have a full day of appointments of people who were, in their mind, communicated that they were qualified to make a change. They'd identified that they were paying too much and they really wanted my help. Mm-hmm. And they thought that I was the one to help them. And that just changed everything.
0: So for me, uh, and so basically what it sounds like is you were, you found what works, you ran with it, then you tweaked it, you tweaked it, you expanded to different States. You found, okay, well in California, uh, $35,000 income isn't right, very much, right, right. but in uh, South Carolina, shoot, Man, you're you're yeah, living it up. You're doing well. Yeah.
1: You might be in a double wide. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. No, it's, it's true. That's good. No, but see, and, that, and that's the thing. So, so you're the most important part is that you're learning, and so you're tweaking your data, and so with the telemarketers, Facebook leads, whether mm-hmm. you're doing direct mail, don't be doing the same thing over and over again unless it's working. Right. And just because it's working doesn't mean that it could eventually. St- not stop, mm-hmm. and so you want to make sure that you're you're always paying attention to your data. And the biggest thing that I tell the agents that order from, uh, from us for a telemarket or whatever, I tell them you cannot just throw in. You know, okay, so turning sixty five in August, Virginia, go. You know, uh, you always want to you want to look at the income. What does that income buy you in in Virginia you, yeah. or whatever? You wanna you want to look to see. Okay, so. Uh, what is their credit score I've learned that uh, the credit score is a uh, really good indicator mm-hmm. of their health if you're over trying to do over the age of 65 because people who have medical bills typically have lower credit scores because they owe money or they may not be paying it or whatever wow. so I've learned that okay so how do I get somebody who may not be as sick um, tweak their credit score wow. um, And then you look at uh, areas, so one of the tools that you have on your website somewhere, uh, that's where I learned it anyways, uh, look at uh, Medicare Advantage Penetration Mm -hmm. in a certain area and you can just Google search Medicare Advantage Penetration in whatever and it's listed by county and then anything that's over 30% penetration, we would just take that out. so, the point here is that we've always been listening to our data. So, if I'm having, if I got 10 leads, 15 leads, 20 leads generated some way, and I'm having a bunch of Medicare Advantage conversations, and of course I can't do anything with Medicare Advantage folks right now, I'm tweaking that data so yeah. that way my conversation is better because it actually starts before the call is even placed. Right. So, if the law of numbers is you're going to get 10 leads every 100 calls, and I'm just giving an example mm-hmm. here, well, if and it doesn't matter what you're calling. So if your ten leads are all Medicare Advantage, or ten leads all Medicare Supplements, the fact that you had a hundred calls and you got ten leads, the numbers don't really change very much. But what changes is the conversation and the data before that conversation is ever placed. Right. So the numbers always work. Yeah. If the if and what I found is it doesn't matter what lead I'm working. My closing ratio is going to be about the same regardless of what lead it is, um, because you get to a certain point where you're just you know you know what you're doing. And so if the numbers don't change, if the numbers don't work, and we talked about this in the last episode where we said that um, the law of numbers doesn't really change if you put in the same amount of effort, so on and so forth. So the only thing that changes then is the conversation. Well, the way you change that conversation is by the data and you manipulate that data so that way um, you have better conversations. Uh, So, for example, if you're uh, in... Uh, doing in the T65 market, turning 65, and I don't recommend calling anybody closer than three months. Mm-hmm. So we'd like to do three months to six months out. And so every single month, you need to be deleting a state and adding a state, yeah. deleting a state, so on and so forth. And a lot of agents, I don't, they don't do that. They just, they just throw it in there and they expect all these really good results because Eugene said it works. Well, it does work, but just like anything else, like my garden, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm a gardener now. Right. Um, you want you want to make sure you're picking oh, up yeah. the weeds. You want to make sure you're throwing out the bad stuff. You want to make sure you're making sure the pests don't get it, and so on and so forth. And that's no different than the work that's that true. you're doing with insurance. Yeah. So, um, then the other thing is, well, all that is good, but who holds you accountable? Right. Uh, I've always made it a. I've always made it an effort to write down my goals, to whether it be an income, whether it be the number of people I want to help. Um, my goal right now with my family is I want to buy a house for cash. And so I'm, I'm driven. Mm -hmm. And every single morning I wake up at exactly the same time and my family holds me accountable, but I hold myself accountable because I wrote it down. And if I wrote it down, I'm going to make it work.
1: Yeah, there's something about having a a child and looking in their eyes Mm -hmm. and, um, wondering what happens if daddy doesn't come home and take care of all their needs so that they are in, in bliss and they're, you know, living the child life rather than worrying about, mm-hmm. are we going to have a foreclosure this month or are we going to be able to have food this month? And
0: My heart breaks for all the people that yeah. are dealing with that right now. Yeah. Um, and they're and again, because most of our interactions that we have peop- with people now with the public is through social media. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of people, uh, typically are it's a lot easier for them to write it down on social media than actually talk to you in right. person yeah and now that we're actually seeing people's lives and what they're going through i mean it just it seems like people have no hope um and i'm, I'm thankful that we're in an industry where it hasn't been affected very much
1: every time i'm on a every time i was this year none <laughs> on company trips um my friends acquaintances, whatever, from other call centers will say, why do you talk to people about what we do? Why do you share Mm -hmm. what we do? Why are you like an evangelist for, hey, this works, come try this? And I look at right now and uh, all the relatives that I've tried to help over the years and I've told them, hey, why don't you leave that restaurant job or why don't you leave that frustrating job in law enforcement where people are treating you like crap Mm -hmm. all the time and come do something where you can build a business and actually help people. And all of them have said, no, I can't do that. No, it's too complicated. No, I can't do it. And it just really, it grieves me that all the people that have tried to help over the years to say, hey, I really found something that's a little niche that's really, really working, and it's getting better every year, and it's growing, and you can really make a good income and leave behind what they thought, you know, back in my hometown of Deltona, Florida, they thought 50000 a year was Wow. Mm-hmm. Most
0: of the police force was like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. My biggest year, I made 75000 and it just blows my mind. But anyway, having tried to help those people along, and then you see on Facebook where, you know, I mean, even the, the hospital system here just laid off 1,000 people. A hospital yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. It's just crazy what's going on, and I wish I could... I can't want it for somebody else, and that's what I've come to the realization. Mm-hmm. My stress is things that you can't control, and and having wished that all of these people that I've tried to help over the years, friends and relatives especially, and um, the, there's an old saying that a prophet is rejected in his hometown, maybe a scripture. Um, it's true. It's like everybody that knows you says, yeah, right, that can't be true. And yet perfect strangers find what we do, mm-hmm. and they come and, and they humble themselves by saying, I don't know anything about your industry but I'm willing to learn. I'll do whatever it takes to be a success and then you see successes popping out, especially like the younger guys who have never been trained wrong. They don't have 40 years in the industry to say like somebody told me yesterday in a consultation I was doing with an agent. He's 65 years old, always done it by phone, I mean by face to face. And on the phone, I asked him like what is your biggest struggle? What's your biggest impediment to moving forward? And he says Technology. I don't think it can be done over the phone, so I can't do it over the phone. So I don't. I can't use mm-hmm. a computer. I'm like, you're sitting here on a Zoom conference with me. <laughs> you figured it. everything out. Everything works. What? And it's all up here. It's all between your ears. Mm-hmm. If you think you can do it, you can, and you can find a way. But it's just so strange how complete, total strangers will actually give you the time of day to let you help them Mm -hmm. and the people who know you the most will completely summarily reject Mm -hmm. even the evidence that they see before them of what it can do for your family and other people but anyway yeah it's it's horrible to see what um, i mean today's a thursday another 6.6 million people filed for unemployment in the last week Um, the country's going to hit an all-time high for unemployment and we're just looking at that going we can still work not only can we work we're considered by FEMA to be an essential financial service, and we can work on the beach in Tahiti or at our home or anywhere and do the same thing by literally helping people. Mm -hmm. The more people we help, the more money we make, and the bigger business we can have by hiring other people to help them here locally. I think about our employees, really. They're sitting at home right now. Many of them are with their families and their dogs and their cats and they're helping people every day, and I think thank God there by the grace of God have we grown to a point where we can pay payroll, help, you know, expand jobs here in South Carolina, which is so freaking awesome, and then those people are in their own neighborhoods, having to look around and seeing, uh, you know, just frustration, pain, misery, all those kind of things. And yet, they don't have to participate in that. They don't have to, they're just like, I've got something I can show up and do every day, which I think is really awesome.
0: I moved that camera since you're facing this. I'm never way. looking at the camera. Well, I? I know, but. but that's true. Um, i blocking it. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> you really, can't see me. It's going be really hard to edit it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great.
1: But no, anyway, yeah, I'm I'm, just, thankful I'm really too. thankful.
0: And you know what's interesting? It comes down to being prepared. Yeah. And so. If you look at the grand scheme of things, the type of work that we do really it prepares us for the future. It, you know, it provides for our family. We put money in savings. We're paying off stuff, whatever. That's, we're preparing for something. Yeah. And I remember a year and a half ago, I just thought it was the craziest thing. This is me confessing. <laughs> uh, the craziest thing that I thought that we were doing here, you bought every employee a laptop and we called it our hurricane laptops i'm like okay all right so we'll be out of the office for two days three days whatever right but i mean it was an investment but what we did is we prepared and i'm thankful now because every single person in this office is using those laptops that were just sitting there collecting dust but we were prepared and we were ready and we literally did it within a matter of hours because robert did a good job of making sure they were up to date we had a sign out sheet yeah and now everybody can continue to provide for their family because we took the time to prepare because of the things that we're doing right now, and that goes back to what we are talking about at the very beginning, the things that we're doing today,
1: yeah.
0: are they preparing you for the future? Waking up at 11 o'clock is not preparing you for the future. That's Imagine right. how much time is spent in bed. I mean, if you sleep eight hours a day, that's a third of your life that's gone. That's just crazy to me.
1: And Technically, probably very healthy, but completely <laughs> business-wise unnecessary. Especially in a in a crisis situation where, I mean, I would be all hands on deck, mm-hmm. you know, trying to do every talk to as many people as I could, try to do as much as I could because nobody has a no one has a guarantee for tomorrow mm-hmm. in, in any industry, any business, anywhere. So when they say make hay while the sun shines, my gosh, man, if you if that has not been driven home to the American worker right now to save money, you know, to have more than two weeks of savings, to have emergency food storage, to have toilet paper stored, I mean,
0: <laughs> oh my to gosh. be
1: ready for anything, you just never know. And um,
0: I actually moved my chair out of my office and I have a throne that I sit on oh, full good. of toilet That's paper crazy. and I glue them all together.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> you
0: sit on the throne of lies. <laughs> but yeah,
1: I'm, I'm thankful. That's the overall message that I I just wake up every day and I go home every day. Well, now to the RV and I just... <laughs> so freaking thankful of, you know, just what are the odds that first we were born in America?
0: I wasn't born in America. Well,
1: you came, thank God, <laughs> to America.
0: I did. That we're,
1: We are here in this country. We have this healthcare system with all these scientists, all these doctors trying to figure out things to save people, local officials that are taking care of us, still watching the homes to make sure they're not burglarized and all that. We have... Uh, state-of-the-art technology where we can help people. And we fell into a niche within a niche within a niche. I mean, we're in financial services, insurance, we're doing Medicare, we can do it successfully over the phone. All of the companies have now come in, well, except for a couple, um, come into the 20th century yeah. with uh, electronic applications now. And it, it's just such a perfect storm for for this industry, this niche in here to shine. Yeah, just cannot be overly thankful enough. And then I, you know, I hear even relatives going, "Oh my gosh, I have to do this and I have to do that, but they still have a job."
0: Do they sound like that?
1: Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> and I tell you, if you're not thankful where you are for yeah. what you have, I had an agent yesterday, another one, a different agent on a video consultation, a new member of the website, and he was telling me. He said, "You know what? I might not be able to make my mortgage payment this month because I'm just getting into insurance, but it's okay. They're giving me a forbearance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that money and I'm what's left of it, and I'm going to invest in this. I'm gonna make this work, and I'm just thankful that I have this time, this downtime, to learn this, to work on this, to sharpen my saw, to get better, and to, um, to make a transition from something that he couldn't go, he could not go to work anymore. Now he's already gotten his license, thank God, and now he's moving into this niche, and just finding something, something, everybody can find something to be thankful for. I mean, we we have welfare here, we have um, public housing, we have homeless shelters, we have safety net after safety net after safety net. But on the top end, we have unlimited potential and success that we can achieve in this country. Even now, even in a pandemic, even in a crisis worldwide, there are things that we can do. And you have to be thankful or else every other opportunity shuts. There's no door that's going to open to an unthankful heart. If you're unthankful and bitter, then all of your opportunities are gone. It's when you're thankful and acknowledge what you have and what you've been exposed to this up to this point in life. Just the fact that you can breathe and you still have clothes. Mm-hmm. Being thankful for something then opens the door for other things to come into your life. But those things are completely shut off. The more unthankful you find yourself. And that's one thing that I've learned in 47 years of being alive. It's the only time when I'm, when I'm angry about something and I'm ungrateful about something, everything falls apart. And when I change myself, which is sometimes the only dead gum thing I can control, is my own reaction. And if I change that to being thankful instead of being angry, man, everything starts to work. It's, it's amazing how that works. I fact checked your age. How old am I now? 48 now Forty-nine. Oh my gosh. Well, two years I didn't know what was going on. So, oh, okay. All right. So okay. two years I was okay. a toddler or whatever and then gosh, 49 Holy
0: Heck, bloody. yeah, that's awesome. No, I'm and you know it and your customers your customers will hear that come I think so. come through over the phone. I think You're so. um, you may be desperate for money, but the thankfulness for having the ability to have that conversation with that client.
1: Yeah.
0: You're going to be like that. This is the most important person that I'm ever going to talk to you right now. And those people are going to hear it. And that's, what's going to help you. and, Tell them you're working from home. Tell yep. them that your kids are there with you. Yep. Tell them that your wife is there, and things are changing. How are you handling the situation? Y'all killing each other yet? You know, like <laughs> yeah. just just be funny with it. But the thing is, people will hear that that thankfulness in your voice, and it really, really helps with your conversation. Sure, it
1: does. So, well, we've talked about a lot, and yeah. uh, a lot to think about. Thanks for being with me today, Eugene. That's fun. For more information sense. on things we've talked about, go to uh, traintelemarketers.com. My stuff's over at medicareagenttraining.com. Or uh, what's the other one? Senioragentpodcast.com, where you can see the audio parts. You can't see audio. But anyway, stay tuned for the next time, y'all. That's we should probably
0: nice. tell them to subscribe to the podcast, too, right?
1: They could do that, too, yeah. on uh, Stitcher and Apple and iTunes. and. Uh,
0: you don't all have all to. You don't have to. But
1: we're going to be back next week. Absolutely. Bye, y'all.
0: Thanks for listening to the Senior Agent Podcast. For more information and other episodes, visit SeniorAgentPodcast.com.